0: Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans. I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight's podcast is entitled, There's a Storm Coming. The sailor's story of Psalms 107 is told in verses 23 through 30. Verse 23, they that go down to the sea in shifts that do business in great waters. Now, if there is any group of people who should be able to appreciate God for his deliverance from an angry sea, it should be this group of people, the sailors. The sea is where their business is conducted. Verse 24, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. These are the people who can see just how beautiful the sea is when the weather is good. It's quiet and majestic beauty is breathtaking. On the other hand, they also know that the sea can be horrible when the weather is bad. I personally lived through a terrible hurricane named Carla when I was about 16 years old and I saw her firsthand effects on the Galveston Island in uh, Texas. I know that the tempestuous sea can be awful. A ship in the middle of that kind of storm must have been a frightening place for the sailors to be. Verse 25, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. The he in this verse refers to God himself. Only God has the power to raise this kind of storm and lift the waves in this manner. As a little girl, I remember that my grandmother would make us sit and be still in a storm because she said that God was doing his work. I'm not saying that every storm is an act of God's anger, but it would be wise for men to recognize that God has the power to stir up a storm. And yes, negative circumstances could very well be the result of God's anger at our bad behavior. Verse 26, they mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. Try to imagine with me how it might have been for the sailors on this ship. At first, the waves appear to take the ship as high up as a mountain. Then it pauses at this height for a moment. The inhabitants of the ship see the valley of the wave on both sides. In the distance, they see the mountains of other waves. The sound of the powerful wind is so loud that it threatens to shatter their eardrums. Then suddenly the wave runs from beneath them and the ship takes a deep plunge into the water valley of death below. Verse 27 says, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end. The battering of the winds, the waves and the fright would cause some men to absolutely lose their minds. For some, all hope is gone. The physical abuse of the winds on the ship makes it feel as though the ship would either be crushed or torn apart. The men wait, some of them expecting to be absolutely destroyed. They reel and they rock with the movements of the sea. It's difficult to keep their balance. Can you imagine how it would feel to have your very foundation shifting in that way? We depend on the place that we stand on to be sturdy, steel, and safe. It must be overwhelming to have your very foundation shifting. For these men, the years of experience of the crew did not matter. These men needed God's help in the worst way. Verse 28 says, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. The men humbled themselves and made a wise decision. They cried out to God, who was the only one who could deliver them. They cried, Oh God, save us, I would imagine. Buddha couldn't do it. Mohammed couldn't do it. This storm required a living God of power, and they had sense enough to know it. And what did he do when they cried out? The 29th verse tells us, 29 says, he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. I don't believe that God had to yell at the storm. He didn't have to say, hey, waves, stop that. He didn't have to grab the whirlwind and shake it to make it stop. Remember how our moms would give us the look in the grocery store when we were acting up? We knew that look meant that we needed to stop it immediately whatever we were doing. I believe God just gave the storm that look and all was well. That's our God of power. That's our God of might. And what happened after the storm ended? Verse 30 says, Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. When God quieted the sea, the sailors immediately saw good weather. The dolphins were jumping again and the sun was shining. The waves were gentle and a cool breeze was blowing. The sea appeared as though nothing had ever happened to it. These were some happy men. With their newfound peace, God quickly took them to where they were trying to go. Don't you imagine they had a beautiful story to tell their families, their friends and neighbors about the goodness of God? I'm reminded of another situation in the New Testament of the Bible when Jesus' disciples had a similar experience. Uh, That situation is found in Mark 4 and 35 through 41. I'll read those verses. 35, And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, this situation was the same as that of the sailors in Psalm 107. The difference is that in the book of Mark, the men had Jesus on board. Jesus was quietly asleep on a pillow in the lower part of the ship. He wasn't worried about the little storm that blew up because he knew that he had the power to still that storm. He simply rebuked the wind. He might have said, oh, shut up and the wind quieted. What he said was, Peace, be still. And everything negative turned positive. The Apostle Paul in Acts 27 and 28 was involved in a great storm in which the ship was destroyed. But God did not allow one soul to be lost. Paul extolled God's goodness for his deliverance. We should do likewise when we are delivered from a great storm. We will all experience storms in our lives. Every storm that arises is not the kind that occurs in the sea. Some are storms of sickness. Sometimes a storm is related to misbehaving children. At other times, the storm may be related to our finances. These kinds of storms are just as real as those faced by the mariners in Psalm 107 and those faced by the disciples in the fourth chapter of Mark. But the solution that quieted the storm then is the same solution for us today. Call on the name of the Lord and he will answer your prayer. Rare is the person who is able to say, I haven't had any storms in my life. To them I say, in the words of my late grandmother Ada, baby, just keep a living. The storms will be there. Storms are meant to drive us to God. So when they happen, just cry out to him. You need to repent first so that you can be right with him. If you're not saved and you try to cry out to him with anything other than repentance, he might not answer. But if you repent of your sins, you will have a right to call upon the name of the Lord, and he will answer you. Has anyone noticed that whenever America really gets into trouble, we, really they, don't mind calling on God? That's a very good thing to do. Unfortunately, though, as soon as the storm is quieted, America goes back to our, their sinful ways. We, they, act almost embarrassed that we, they, had to call on God for help. Now that foolishness needs to stop though, because if we, they, don't break this cycle, one day, we, they, are going to call on the name of the Lord and he is not going to answer. In Proverbs one twenty-two through 33, he said that he would mock them when their calamity comes. How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn, ye, at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called, and ye refused." I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would not my reproof. Verse 26 says, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices." For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. The 33rd verse says, But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. People, there's a storm coming, and we need to be ready for it. We should be in a position so that we will be able to call upon the Lord and have him deliver us out of all of our fears. Let us pray for our country. As a matter of fact, let you and I pray now before the storm comes. May God bless you.